We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the DFS Pick 6 for NFL Week 15. Oh, baby, we are moving along. Joining me as they are every week. Let's start with Lord Reeves. Rich Rebar. Reeves, how are we doing today, buddy? Oh, we're doing good. Mid-December, you said week 15. Ooh, baby, man. It's been a, a nice journey with you guys this year. I always like chatting with you guys on Wednesday nights. Hey, it's a beautiful Wednesday night, man. I got basketball in the background, <laughs> drinking a little bit of water, following some NBA line. Good. Life is also good for our man, John Daigle. And John, before we get into talking football, I have to say, Happy birthday in one week to you, buddy. <laughs> the whole chat. Uh, so it's actually very friendly of them. The entire chat in the comment boxes from last week's show filled up with happy birthday. So that'll go. That a boy. I do appreciate it. I was annoyed the whole next day as well with happy birthdays. So uh, yeah, the people listen. The good people of the Pick Six Show listen. So thank uh, you. I just can't, I just can't wait to see you at the Super Bowl and I can give you a hug and say happy birthday plus a month and a half. That's <laughs> going to be fun. It's going to be fun. And yeah. You're damn right it's going to be a running gig from now on. Speaking of running gigs, we got some special stuff going on at the Roto Grinders. So if you're watching this on YouTube, first of all, click like, subscribe, and come over check us out over at rotogrinders.com. But before you do that, get in that comments section. Say, happy birthday plus one week, John Daigle. We're just going to keep rolling that, all right? And this is a little special treat for you guys. If this video gets 300 likes on the old YouTube page, we're going to make the Sunday Night Showdown video by Head Chopper and Big T free for all viewers. That's a great deal. That's normally premium only. They're going to make it free if we get 300 or more likes. Now, if we get it all the way up to 400 likes, and I don't want any excuses, get this done. They're going to make the Sunday Night Showdown and the Monday Night Showdown videos free for all the viewers. You don't need no premium if you're doing that. So click the like button. Click the subscribe button. Check us out over at rotogrinders.com. And uh, yeah, Reeves, I mean, how are we doing, man? How are we feeling about week 15? Do we know if Kobe Fleener has a cameo? We can certainly find <laughs> out. Amazing. Okay. I mean, hold on. You guys take over for the next hour or so. Of the show. I'm busy. 
Can we? Because we've been trying to get Kobe Fleener to co-host this show for a while. So I mean, it, you know, now that cameo is blown up and Hugh Jackson is everywhere, can we get Kobe Fleener to do uh, a spot for us? It would appear that Kobe Fleener does not have a cameo. That's unfortunate. I mean, it, I mean, I feel like Kobe's wouldn't be all that expensive. That's like a that's like the old ten dollar cameo, right? I, I mean, I'd pay a hundred dollars for Kobe. I Fleener. mean, I would too. Like. <laughs> Hugh Jackson. It's all Listen, I've, pay, I've paid more in DFS for him. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a fair point. He probably would catch <laughs> as many passes with the cameo as he would on the field. But, yeah, we need to get some Kobe Fleener because, unfortunately, obviously not in the league anymore. We don't get to play, uh, play him in roster. He's been replaced by O.J. Howard as a guy that uh, keeps screwing us. So we're going to talk more about O.J. Howard, I would imagine, today. Look at Dagle. He's like a bobblehead over there. He's so excited about O.J. Howard, SZ, and Dagle. Are you feeling okay today? I'm feeling great. There, It's beyond O.J. Howard, though. There are a lot of options we're going to discuss uh, at the tight end position as well as we move along here. But Week 15 is an interesting one for DFS. There are a few games, the ones we highlight and the ones that we're about to talk about in particular, that have a terrific chance to go over despite being bet up uh, already over a field goal throughout the week. Um, a lot of games project for high scores. I like it a lot. There are a lot of good running back plays, as, a lot, as well as a lot of cheap running back plays we can look to. No uh, blau tra- pal traps just yet, but nonetheless, still a lot of good plays. So, yeah, uh, I, I like the slate quite a bit, and as we move along here, um, paying attention and just outworking the projections will be super important because now we're getting to the point of the season where there are so many injuries to filter through. It takes a notebook or takes uh, special attention paying to. Yeah, I will say that I, for one, am shocked that Bilal Pal Chalk Week didn't work out. I mean, I am just stunned over here. I'm also stunned that uh, Roto-Grinders and Yahoo, they're also doing another max entry free roll. I didn't realize this. We've been doing this throughout the year. NBA this Friday – Another max entry free roll on Yahoo. So make sure you keep checking out Roto Grinders. Check out the form. Check out Lineup HQ for Yahoo NBA. It's going to be free for the day. So check that out. Good does, stuff. Good does, stuff. Does Big T give us his lineup if we check that one out? Because that's what we really need. Like, I mean, that's, gotta, that's the Big T content we need. Yeah, we, we need them giblets, baby. We need yeah, them giblets. Yeah, if we're all going to share lineups, we just got to be part of the special group. That's we just need Taysom Hill giblets. That's all we need. Just, just some Taysom bleeping Hill giblets. Golly, I, you would think as well as I know, Tony, I would be doing better in showdowns. I just get killed every week. Like I, I was looking at my uh, at my stats for the year, and my worst ROI by a mile are NFL showdown slates. So basically, I must be doing the opposite of what Tony's saying to do because he's crushing it, and I, mm-hmm. well, if we're being honest, I am not. But let's go ahead and jump into this slate. Houston at Tennessee is our first game. A 50-point total. Tennessee is three-point favorites. And Reeves, four months ago when this season was getting ready to start, what would you have said if I would have said, so week 15, the highest total on the board is going to be a game at Tennessee and the Titans are going to be favored? You would have thought I was crazy, right? I mean, if you would have told me I'd have you know, Ryan Tannehill be like a lock and loaded top five quarterback at this point in the season, I mean, I don't know what I would have thought going into this. But you know, it's been a really weird year. Uh, we say that every year. You know, every you know season's a snowflake. There's a lot of weird things going on this season, especially you know, especially all these backup quarterbacks playing. You know, the the rebirth of Ryan Tannehill, the death of Odell Beckham. Uh, you know, Saquon Barkley will will he come up later in the show? I don't know. He's kind of like. You just gone. It's been a weird year. This was a great year to go zero everything. Zero everything you really hit this year. I wish uh, I would have gone zero best ball. That would have been <laughs> really been great at zero. But yeah, I mean, here we are. Derek Henry's crushing it week in and week out. Ryan Tannehill 
is a top five quarterback. <laughs> Dale, it's just it's bizarro world here right now, man. I mean, pretty much the number one quarterback in nearly every metric you look at since he took over under center. And we discussed it last week. Uh, we questioned whether he was a terrific tournament play, if only because the volume was an issue. Leading up to last week, hadn't attempted over 23 pass attempts in three games straight. After last week, and he only attempted 27 passes last week. Four games straight now, he has an eclipse 27 pass attempts, and it doesn't matter because apparently he's MVP and the best quarterback in the league and the most efficient quarterback we've perhaps ever seen out of nowhere. Um, in that span, despite having not attempted over 27 passes in the past month, he still averaged 253 yards and nearly 25 DraftKings points, 24.9 to be exact. And now we have a terrific uh, up-tempo matchup against a Texans defense that just got dog-walked by Drew Locke and everyone over the middle of the field and on the perimeter against Vernon Hargreaves and Jonathan Joseph. So it's once again another terrific spot, uh, despite being a divisional matchup. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the Titans' offense, obviously we thought before the thought was, hey, everything's just going to run through Derrick Henry, and that hasn't been the case. So Reeves, I mean, do you have a lean here as far as the running game or the passing game, or are you just going to play all these guys on the Titans? You know, I think it's a great spot for the passing game, like Dago alluded to. I mean, no, Luis talked about no one's run as pure as Ryan Tannehill over the stretch. I mean, 9.8 yards per pass attempt, 13.4 yards per completion. Uh, he's got a 7.4% touchdown rate. He's thrown a touchdown on 40% of his red zone passes. The league average is 23%. You know what team allows the highest rate of touchdown passes on, their, on red zone pass attempts? I'm going to wait. Can I guess? You can. Is it the Houston Texans? It is. It's the Houston yes. Texans. I mean, they're 31st in pressure rate. They allow the most passing yards in the NFL uh, per drive, per opponent's possession. Uh, and then we've got this weird thing on Tannehill where he's just completely mispriced on FanDuel. He's the QB 14 on the main slate in terms of pricing, QB 6 on DraftKings. Uh, so, I mean, you know, that's kind of been the tail of the tape of the season. His DraftKings has been just a little bit way sharper. Not to throw any shade at my guys at FanDuel, but, uh, you know, QB14 on Ryan Tannehill, I mean, that's like, how are you not going to play him? Like, how, how do you not play him in every, you know, every single cash lineup? You just, you just can't, you eat it. But with Derrick Henry, you know, kind of being banged up, you know, he's got his hamstring in me for a couple, a couple weeks now. Uh, he kind of went through some maintenance a couple weeks before last week. Then he re-aggravated in, during the game. Uh, he only had six carries in the second half of that game. You know, they really leaned on Deion Lewis, Deion Lewis played just 60% of snaps total in that game. So, I mean, that's something that could really crop up, you know, and be an issue for Derrick Henry. Also, Derrick Henry, like, it doesn't make any damn sense that he keeps doing it. Like, because the way he is, like, to pay, like, 9K for a running back like Derrick Henry and for him to consistently hit value for a guy that doesn't catch any passes is pretty bonkers. Like, it's just bizarre. Like, like just because it's it's different when we talk about these kind of archetype running back when they're 6K or they're 55 or something like that, and you play them because you think they'll hit and you can live without – we live with a floor game, but when you're paying, you know, 8K, 9K for these guys that don't catch any passes and you're just counting on rushing volume and rushing touchdowns, and he just keeps popping four consecutive 100-yard games. He's got five games in a row with a touchdown. Uh, then he's really weird, too. Like, every first half, like, he has, like, 40 yards, seemingly. He has just two rushing touchdowns in the first half all season. He has 13 rushing touchdowns this year. The yeah. 11 of them have come in the second half. It just It's really crazy. Um, but I, I do think with him being banged up and the matchup, it leans – towards Ryan Tannehill and he's had such a flat target distribution but the one guy that has shown upside uh you know obviously is the guy that everyone will point chase with and AJ Brown but uh you know I'll turn it over over to Zagel uh, for him 
Yeah, I mean, Daigle, is it really point chasing if the guy is just really good? It's been a slight role change in the past two weeks. He has more run more routes than Corey Davis, and he is playing more snaps pretty much ever since Corey Davis initially came back from injury. Uh, the, the thing about A.J. Brown, really, though, for me, is just the matchup. Um, is it points chasing? Sure, if only because the volume. Like, how many receivers are truly going to hit on touchdowns and big explosive plays, despite being elite He's and new amazing. Tyler Lockett. He's new Tyler Lockett now. <laughs> I mean, we talked about Ryan Tannehill's attempts. Now imagine, like, A.J. Brown spiking multiple two-touchdown two, two games and going over 100 yards on that few of attempts from Ryan Tannehill. So it is crazy, but the thing that keeps bringing me back to him, despite his increased price, is still the matchup because the matchup is really that good. It's it's what you look up at and you're like, oh, like we're eventually going to fade the Titans, right? And you see the Texans, it's like, oh, I guess we're not fading the Titans whatsoever. <laughs> um, have, having said that, though, Derrick Henry's price point, it's crazy he keeps going up, whereas Tannehill isn't being brought up as quickly despite the fact that this is now a passing passing team and an offensive-minded team, not a defensive-minded team whatsoever, and we'll get to that in a second. But uh, the, the issue, the thing with Derrick Henry, though, is that he did make that, I think it was a 10-yard touch, uh, touchdown run, and then the next drive he was in, uh, he came off the field. It was two plays later. They threw a touchdown to Jonu Smith, and then he didn't play the rest of that quarter because they were up 35-21. to 21. They didn't need him. So if this is a competitive game and a one-score game throughout, I think he does pay, play more snaps uh, nearly as an every-down player. Having said that, there is, of course, a risk of re-aggravation. His salary is also incredibly high for a guy that just doesn't catch passes. So uh, that makes him a very risky tournament-only play, but there is reason there. And on the Houston side, I mean – I'm not touching any of these running backs. I think you're nuts if you do that. It's DeAndre Hopkins. I think this is a really sneaky Will Fuller spot because the Titans were getting beat deep earlier in the year. Reeves, what do you think about this Texans offense? Because if we like the Titans offense, we think points are going to be scored, especially via the air. We've got to assume that some passing touchdowns are going to be coming from the Houston side as well. Yeah, I think that the, the, it's really weird because probably the unique way to stack this is to go Watson instead of Tannehill, which is really, really crazy to think about. We were in a similar spot. Do you remember last year when we had the Texans versus the Eagles and we were all on Nick Foles that week and we were on the show talking about, well, just pivot and just do the same game stack or run it back with Watson. Yeah. Like He went bonkers. So it was like a game that was like 37-34 or something and he ran all over the place and threw for a bunch of yards. It's kind of like, because everyone's been talking about Tannehill and for good reason. The matchup is great. He's been playing out of the, out of this world uh but you know Deshaun Watson's pretty good as well capable of some really high scoring games and we've seen last week or any type of game where he's in t- any type of point chasing mode is when it's the best version of Deshaun Watson and we <laughs> saw it last week and he wasn't good last week and they weren't good but you know he got 28 points he, we saw him add two rushing touchdowns he threw a season high 50 pass attempts but uh he's been a QB one score seven his past nine games Tennessee has allowed 19 or more fantasy points uh you know, to passers over their past seven games, a lot of four 300-yard games over that stretch. Uh, I do apologize to the guy that uh, recommended Derek Carr last week, Mia Culpa on my part. He got there. Oh, you won? Uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of uh, that's kind of where it is, man. He he's probably the unique way to stack this because I, actually, like, because the, the ancillary piece in this game, like, there's not a lot to really latch on to. Yeah, not, I mean, only, look, not only did this, he get there, but he actually became like the optimal cash play at minimum price because that's how you got both Michael Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins in. So Crane, good on you for that forward thinking choice. Hey, they call me forward thinking Crane. Are you watching Jared Ledbetter in the background right now? No, I'm watching the uh, Celtics game. Not Ledbetter. Uh, who's the guy? Who was the Jared Allen? I'm sorry. 
No, Jared Allen's such a. Stud. Who is Jared Ledbetter? Is that like a is that like a seven string middle linebacker or something? That yes, Jared okay. Ledbetter, the seven string <laughs> linebacker that I'm sure Reeves knows exactly where he went to school and his college stats because that's how Mr. Reeves rolls. But yeah, this game's really simple. And like you said, if you want to, you know, over on a Fanduel, the price difference is a little bit more. But on DraftKings, like Deshaun Watson's only three hundred bucks more than Ryan Tannehill. Just play Deshaun Watson. That's how I feel. But they're both great plays. It's a great game to stack up. Another game that. I think we're going to be interested in stacking up this Tampa at Detroit. It's a 46 and a half point total Tampa Bay, three and a half point favorites on the road. And obviously Mike Evans, he's done for the year, which means that are we looking at Chris Godwin? He might be shadowed by Darius Slade. Now that that concerns me, but Dagle, you know who this means. Everybody's mm-hmm. going to want to play Brashad Perriman. Everybody's going to want a little bit of Scotty Miller or Justin Watson, but you know what week it is. You know, who's going to come bail us out. Right, right, Dagle? I mean, to be fair, at least O.J. Howard's role change has happened in the past two weeks, Uh, whereas previously we saw he just struggled, he got benched from time to time, whatever the case. But in the last two weeks alone, 85% of the snaps, um, only nine catches on 11 targets, a measly 13% target share. But having said that, the opportunity that Evans leaves behind, uh, a league high, 135 air yards per game, over seven targets per game. Uh, it, it's a, a loads of vacated opportunity. And whereas everyone else shuffles in and out of the lineup, and I know we'll speak on that whole receiver fiasco that's going on, but at least at the very least, O.J. Howard is a guy James Winston's comfortable with, and we have seen him flourish in the past. So he is probably one of the more reliable options and will probably go overlooked just because we have – Higby and uh, Ian Thomas lower than Higby as two guys we're kind of focusing on right now. Yeah, and to me, like, I know that Higby had that giant game and Thomas was good last week. Reeves, doesn't it seem like Howard's ceiling is higher than all of them? No. Uh, But I do, like, I think it's fair. I mean, you've seen he's he's been, like, productive the past weeks, five for 61, four for 73, productive games. If you you tack a touchdown onto one of those, those types of games, I mean, you're looking real good. I mean, the Lions are 30th and points allowed per target to opposing tight ends. I mean, everything's pretty positive. Uh, I mean, just uh, the requisite ceiling, he just hasn't shown it. I mean, they're not – he's – the problem with O.J. Howard is the types of targets he gets. He just doesn't get the, 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 those downfield targets he got the first two years of his career in the dirt cutter offense. I mean, he's running, you know, more outs and drags and stuff like that. You know, he's not getting these these vertical targets like he like he was when he was averaging 16 yards per catch his first years of his career. Hopefully, maybe that changes. Maybe they do a little bit more with him this week. They get creative without Mike Evans. Because I don't know how you replace those air yards with, you know, just Scotty Miller and Justin Watson. I mean, those aren't, aren't, aren't guys that, you know – they're not Mike Evans. I mean, I, I think they're not. We know Brashad Perriman is a guy that he could get a lot of air yards. Is he going to convert them? It remains no. to be seen. Uh, you know, he's he's kind of. It's really hard, I think, in DFS to play a lot of these guys. So you maybe sprinkle some ownership if you want in a game stack. I mean, but just focus on the obvious guy. That's Chris Godwin. Uh, you know, focus on the guy that that, that you, you know is really good at football and can do a lot of his targets and also has the best matchup of all the guys. Um, you know, because he his slot routes didn't change last week when Evans left. He didn't kick outside. He still ran sixty six percent of his routes in the slot prior to last week. He was running sixty two percent of his routes in the slot. No change at all. Um, the Detroit Lions are 28th in the league in points allowed to wide receivers from the slot. Uh, they don't really move Darius Slay in slot. He pretty much just shadows in the perimeter. He's only played 80 snaps all season inside the slot. So he moves in there a little bit. But we've seen guys like the Bears have done it twice, two games, and just moved Allen Robinson to the slot on him. And it hasn't, you know, they've gotten over that way. So, I mean, he's not a lock to follow him. And Justin Coleman's been the worst of all the cornerbacks for the Detroit Lions so far. So, I mean, just 
load up on Godwin, man. Uh, I, I think that the biggest disappointment in this game is that one, there's no discount to even really try to sneak Kenny Galladay through anything. And that two, we're not getting $4,300 uh, Ryan Griffin as their quarterback. <laughs> you didn't actually want that. Oh, I wanted it. I, I wanted it bad. I yeah. wanted it bad. I wanted all of Ryan Griffith. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. You guys are sickos. I'll tell you that. Uh, on the Detroit side, you mentioned Kenny Galladay, Reeves. I mean, looking at the other, you know, hey, wait, no, Dago, you were the one excited about this game. Where are you going with the Detroit side? Wait, to me, why? that's the Am most tougher si- side. No, no, no. I was nodding my head for O.J. Howard, for the hopes of O.J. Howard. I was not nodding my head for the excitement of this game just because I do think Jameis Winston – like, Jameis Winston couldn't even grip a football on Wednesday. Uh, I've heard quarterbacks need to be able to do that. So it seems slightly worrisome for Sunday. Uh, he is going to start most likely. I, I would guess he definitely starts. His effectiveness I'm still slightly worried about. Uh, even though he did throw for a career-high 456 yards with a fractured thumb just last week. Having said that, the fact we take Marvin Jones out of this offense completely, um, that leads us to make the next best stacking option old Dusty Amendola himself, who has seen eight targets in both of David Blau's starts. Uh, He's played a season-high, season-high 74% two weeks ago, and then last week against Minnesota, another season-high 80%, just topping every single week because they have no choice but to play him on nearly every snap. So, like, that's a guy I guess you could sneak in there, but, again, what is is the ceiling for Amendola? So I really don't even know what the stacking options are here. I mean, you go Blau, Galladay, and Godwin. That's the game stack. Please don't make me play Blau. Like, Blau was fun against Chicago. Like, that was really fun to just sit up with a belly full of dressing and look over and see him just chunking deep. But now, like, we know <laughs> what Blau true. is through four starts. Like, uh, he's only attempted seven seven deep passes the past two starts, a number 28th overall, and, um, and, and deep rate among all the quarterbacks in that span. So it's just – and that was against Minnesota, who, mind you, like, has struggled all year. Xavier Rhodes has been one of the worst corners in the league. So I just don't – I don't want any part of it, man. Reeves, can you play Blau? You like bad quarterbacks. I mean, he's he's worth exploring at least a little bit, but this Lions team, man, since Matthew Stafford has gone out, they've scored on just 21.1% of their drives. It's the lowest rate in the NFL. Uh, just really hard to get excited. You take another piece off the board in Marvin Jones. We know none of their running backs are good. It's not going to be a game they can run the ball anyways. Uh, but, you know, uh, Blau, the first half of that Bears game, he threw for 136 yards. The first quarter of that game, he threw for 136 yards and two touchdowns. Since then, his past seven quarters, he's thrown for 5.1 yards per attempt, one touchdown, three interceptions. Uh, hasn't been very good. Um, yeah. But, I mean, the Bucks are still the Bucks. They, they have played the better, though. They, I mean, they, they've played a little better here down the stretch. Uh, they haven't been like a total sieve defensively. Uh, 6.3 yards per pass attempt over their past four games, the Bucks. You know, kind of just four passing touchdowns allowed over the past three games. So, eh, maybe maybe they're turning the corner a little bit. It's hard. I mean, it would have been a spot, I think, where you could have target jammed Kenny Galladay in if he was a discount, but he's priced as, like, a top-seven guy on both sites. So, I mean, it's really tough. Yeah, I mean, and plus, I don't know, I was about to say, well, they haven't really faced anybody with Jacoby Brissett, uh, Gardner Minshew slash Nick Foles, and then Ghost of Matt Ryan. But this week's David Blau, so, hell, maybe the uh, (laughs) – to keep doing fine. I, I was I was toying with the Bucks defense for a little bit there, just because that's how little faith I have in Blau. Apolo- right. Apologies to his mother. Yeah, she is a big fan of the show, so you should apologize. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's rude, man. You knew that, and you're still just throwing shade. It's not cool. 
All right, Rams at the Cowboys, 49-point total. The Rams, one-point favorites on the road. Reeves, I'm going to start with you. Are the Dallas Cowboys the biggest disaster in football for a team that thinks they should be good? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you look at their roster, it should be good. And they should have a really good offense. And it's just, you know, they haven't played well. They haven't really done anything well, you know, the past three weeks. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's disappointing. They are now, what, they're 0-6 against teams with a winning record, 0-1-5 against the spread in those games. Um, you know, not great. Not what you like to see. I mean, you look at two, this is, this is another kind of a weird matchup for Dak Prescott. Uh, he's faced three defenses, the top 10 of expected points and pass defense added, uh, the past three weeks. He was real bad against the Patriots, QB 24, uh, but, you know, kind of give him a little pass in the rain. He's bounced back and had positive games the past two weeks against the Bills and the Bears, but he's been in just an abject disaster, like, outside of garbage time in both of those games. The past two weeks, he's thrown for 353 yards and one touchdown, 6.2 yards per pass attempt uh, through three quarters in those games. In the fourth quarter of those games, he's thrown for 336 yards, two touchdowns, 8.2 yards per attempt, just, just in jailbreak scenarios. Uh, so he's really really gotten fat, you know, uh, both weeks in the fourth quarter. He was terrible in, in both of those games, two, three quarters. Uh, and they were getting boat raced in both those games, especially by a team like the Bears. Now, the Rams are like a weird team because they perform well against like any team that can't rush the passer. If you can't rush the passer, then like Jared Goff has been awesome so far. Uh, he's had seven games so far against teams that are in the top half of the league in pressure rate. And in those games, they averaged 6.4 yards per attempt, four passing touchdowns, and eight interceptions, just 8.2 fantasy points per game. Uh, in the other six, he's averaging 21.3 fantasy points per game, 8.8 yards per pass attempt. I mean, a lot of people want to talk about his road home splits, but he's been awesome on the road. He's had three awesome games. You want to know why? Because none of those teams that he's played uh, can rush the passer. You know, Arizona, if you want to count the London game not being in L.A. Uh, and then he had another one mixed in there that uh, is eluding is me off the top of my head. But he roasted the Atlanta in Atlanta. But, uh, you know, I, I stock his pressure splits more than home road splits. I don't really care about home road splits anyways. Um, but, you know, the Cowboys have played really poorly the past three weeks in terms of production or past month. Uh, but three of the quarterbacks that they gave up points to, Jeff Driscoll, Mitchell Trubisky, and Josh Allen, all those guys added double-digit rushing points uh, for fantasy in those games. Jared Goff's not a guy that's capable of doing that. So it's kind of a really weird spot in this game. I think that just from an evaluation stance, Jared Goff is one of the more intriguing guys just on this whole weekend of games because I think a lot of people are just saying, look at the Cowboys' QB points they've allowed to stream Jared Goff. But there's a little more to it. I mean, like I said, uh, about the pressure rate. I mean, Dallas won thing they're still doing is getting pressure on the quarterback their 10th in the NFL and pressure rate so it's a really weird game um and the Rams defense has been like really stellar but they are another team too that just like you look at who they play I mean Atlanta Arizona Cincinnati Pittsburgh it was like Seattle is really the only team that they shut down and they got just dog walked by the Ravens on Monday night so it's just this is a weird game in general I don't have a great it's getting bed up on the over like crazy. So, I mean, it's it's just a really intriguing game to me because I honestly think it's being overvalued right now. Yeah, and you look at Jared Goff. I mean, whether you believe in the home run splits or not, whether you, you know, or whether you're a guy who cares about whether he's being pressured or not, either way, things are sort of stacked against him here. And Dagle, I don't really have a lot of interest in Goff this week. Do you? So it's like Reeves said, it really comes down to pressure because as we know, Jared Goff doesn't work well outside of structure. He hasn't his entire career. So whenever they can, anyone can penetrate the offensive line, that's when this entire offense goes awry. Uh, the Rams, however, are still first in explosive plays, 20-plus yard gains on the entire year. Um, and what they've really been doing the past few weeks 
is, yes, Goff has been getting chunk gains, but it's really been Todd Gurley's show more than anything because uh, Todd Gurley is just getting hammered now in the backfield. Uh, in the past four weeks alone, Todd Gurley handled 85% of their backfield touches. And then week 12, 90%. And that was that, that remember, that was that blowout against uh, the Ravens as well. They lost, I think it was 45 to six. Week 13, 67%. And then week 14 last week against the Seahawks, 84%. He's just handling every single touch right now. Uh, so it's really become a concentrated target tree if you do want to lean on golf against this Cowboys defense. And it's really become. Goff to Robert Woods to Tyler Higby and Todd Gurley running the ball. And that's about it. I just have trouble believing that Cooper Cup isn't going to start getting involved again. How crazy is it that the Rams that lead the league in explosive plays, they've only scored three touchdowns from outside the red zone, which is ahead of only the Dolphins. So they're getting explosive plays, but they're not like manifesting in touchdowns. It's crazy because we've got a new Chris Hogan, guys. Dude, Brandon Cooks is the new Chris Hogan. <laughs> I don't. He this doesn't cat. run as many routes as Chris Hogan did, does so he? So since he since he's come back, week twelve, he's run eighty eight pass routes. He's been targeted eight times on eighty eight pass routes. Like my guy is getting that Peloton in. He is. Oh, he is working. <laughs> he is working. <laughs> oh man, Brandon Cooks. What happened to him, man? He's like the, like he was so consistent his whole career, and like he's just an afterthought right now. Yeah, I mean. Like, maybe he doesn't know where he is. Could this be, like, a concussion issue and he just has no idea, like, that he's on the field or in think Jared Goff maybe knows that and they don't want to mess with it? Is that possible? Well, if he doesn't know where he is, then Cooper Cup doesn't know where he is because Brandon Cook still played 27 snaps last week. Cooper Cup played 20 snaps. Like, I know Sean McFay, who always does things mysteriously. That's why I do wonder if there's an injury somewhere baked into this. But uh, but even Sean McVay came out and said, no, it was just like, that's the personnel. We're going to play Johnny Munt, 50 of 70 snaps last week, and Tyler Higby's going to play nearly every down, and we're just going to go with 12 personnel. Okay, that's fine. Why did Josh Reynolds and Brandon Cooks play more snaps than Cooper Cup? Answer me that. That's, that's all I want to know, because now we have a Cowboys defense that, since Jordan Lewis took over in the slot in week six, has allowed the third most yards from that position. And so it's a great spot, but the thing is, just like last week, no one really plays in the slot whenever they go to 12 personnel. Cooper Cup comes off the field. So if there's nowhere to attack, it really just becomes the Woods and Higby show once again. That's so depressing. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I want to play I mean, some Cooper Cup. I, I, do, you, I, mean, I don't think should, I can. We, you know, you mentioned a, some shots. He still scored a touchdown, though. Like, that's the thing. He st- the production can still be there. That's why he's a tournament player. Well, well, Bobby Bobby Forrest has been the number one in his past four games. He's got 30% of the team targets his past four games played. You know, seven for 95, six for 97, 13 for 172, seven for 98 in his first receiving touchdown last year. Uh, it's pretty interesting because uh, the Cowboys, uh, they've allowed just two receivers to have 50 yards in a game over their past seven games, but they give up a ton of production collectively from the slot. Like, over the past four games, collectively, they've allowed eight for 150 and one from the slot, five for 63, nine for 131 and one, and then seven, 83, and three to wide receivers only from the slot. So, I mean, Robert Woods is in there for 40% of his routes. When Cooper Cup, when he plays, it's where he runs 73% of his routes. That would be, like, the matchup area to target. The interesting thing about the Tyler Higby thing is, like, He's had two of the premier matchups uh, that we would target for streaming and stuff, but it's not like he's been elevated by matchup. He's been an actual focal point of the game plan. Like they are running design plays for him. It's not like he's like an actual part of the offense, which is crazy. And then he's 
even the game before Gerald Everett left or, you know, the last time we, he was on the field, Higby had already taken over. He was already, like like Dago said, they made an offensive switch. They were playing heavier personnel and kind of running, you know, uh, remember they used to just run like outside zone the whole time. That's all they did. They've kind of switched to more power, more power run game, you know, starting with that Bears game. And they've kind of stuck with that because it's worked. Uh, so, I mean, Higby was already playing a lot of snaps. Um, I mean, if Everett's out again, I mean, I think he's a hard avoid because the matchup is also once a good game. Is, is it once again good? Uh, the Cowboys are just getting roasted in the middle of the field, and you know they're 26th in receptions on the tight ends, 20th in yardage. Um, if we get him on the board as a, with no Gerald Everett again, I mean, he's gonna be hard to get away from. Oh, man, I don't want to play. It, it's not comfortable clicking Jared Goff to Tyler Higby at a tournament I, or in a know, cash game or any setting. But but Reeves is right. Like I, I'm not even kidding. I know it is a little matchup based, but they are leaning on him just like the Seahawks. Like we avoided Will Disley for so long, but it's like, hey, they're leaning on the le- the lesser athletic guy for whatever reason. And honestly, like the past two weeks, Higby has looked like Todd Heat. Like he's looked amazing the past two. Weeks. Yeah, I mean, it's not like even when Disley like was popping, he'd just like pop in the red zone, or they were using like, dude, they're running like actual like just design plays to free Higby up, and like he's he's just stacking yardage. He's he's like not just catching eight yard passes, and, and it's I not mean, and it's not just that the Cowboys are number twenty six to tight end receptions allowed. Like the, their linebackers have missed the third most tackles. Like their linebacking core, they gave Jalen Smith this huge extension, uh, nearly reset the market, and it hasn't mattered whatsoever because he constantly tries trying to make arm tackles weekly. So, like, Higby sets up well against this defense. On the Dallas side, you know, Amari Cooper, he's likely to be shadowed by Jalen Ramsey. I have no interest in Amari in this case. Michael Gallup, we know that Marcus Peters can be burned here and there. I don't hate Gallup. But, of course, Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, Reeves, what do we do with Zeke this week? Because don't love the matchup. Anytime, I just don't love running backs against the Rams. What do you think about Zeke or the passing game or this Dallas Cowboys offense overall? Yeah, I, t- I touched on Dak a little bit. Just, you know, he's had some uneven play and really saved it with some garbage time. It's a real tricky matchup to get a feel for because we know that the Rams can pressure the quarterback. We know their pressure stats are, are are real, and we know that they've got some playmakers in the secondary. So we know their defense is good. Just It's kind of like when the Patriots, you know, the, these teams that have run really hot based on schedule, where does it meet? You know, is it still – like last week, you know, if you – you know, the, the – the Chiefs put up yards and, and some points on the Patriots, but if you still played Patrick Mahomes, I mean, you probably didn't escape your matchup last week. You know, it was one of those things. So where does it meet? Where does the regression slide to? Uh, so is Dak a guy I think you can expect a ceiling performance from? I don't. I don't think it's a ceiling-type performance game. So does it hurt everyone else? I mean, maybe. Um, but, you know, we really are only focused on a couple guys this offense anyways. Zeke's just a vo- – I mean, he's a volume-based play. You just hope that it, you hope that it hits. I mean, he hasn't had 100 rushing yards in five straight games, the longest span. He's gone, you know, over his career. The Rams have allowed just two RB1 scoring games over the past eight games. But again, I mean, you know, check the schedule. It's not like they faced a bunch of great backs over that stretch either. Um, and then, you know, he started to find the end zone a little bit. So, I mean, he, you know, he's a volume-based play. I mean, I don't know if he's going to make the cut when I get down to the line here. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I kind of feel like this game is being overvalued, but then I see it get bet up, and then I'm just like, all right, so am I supposed to get on this or what? Because uh, initially, like I said, when I just go under the hood of this game, no one has objectively like draws that like are really enticing to me. Um, so it's it's really tricky. It's a tricky game for me. So I mean, I was hoping one of you guys were going to sell me on some stuff. Well, Dagle, I'll give you a chance with the Cowboys, man. Who do you like on that side? I mean, <laughs> who's 
<laughs> like nobody. That was that face. He's like, I'm supposed to like somebody, but I don't. I mean, the Rams side that we are talking about is still my side. Like, I love the Rams. And it's not only this game has been bought up, uh, uh, bet up. This game has been bet in favor of the Rams. Like, they opened as nearly field goal dogs, and now we're just a straight pick. And that's the side that I picked as well when it first opened because I was like, that's crazy. Like, the Rams, I understand they're on the road, but indoors, like, this team shouldn't be the dog in this matchup, especially uh, given Dax less than 60% completion rate over the last three games. Um, they've played so poorly the past three weeks that we've already even forgot about that New England game completely when they couldn't move the ball whatsoever. Uh, we saw that game against the Bears where Dak, uh, he just got all of his yards in the fourth quarter because um, this t- this offense, once again, couldn't move the ball in the first half. So it's just, for me, the Cowboys are just a scary proposition, whether it's Cooper's dealing with an injury behind the scenes or not. But like you said, Jalen Ramsey's still getting shadowed. In that case, it would be Michael Gallup because you're sure as hell not going to Jason Witten, who's somehow the number nine tight end in fantasy scoring this year. Like, I'm not playing him. So uh, it's just, I'm not really, to be honest, I'm not interested in the offense. All right. Uh, we're and that says a lot more about the tight end nine than it does with Jason Witten. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's tight end true. Brutal position. Like more, if you don't have one of those top few guys, you've just been screwed. But someone this offseason is going to cite that. Like someone's going to be like, so and so was the tight end eight this year. It's like, who cares, man? Like it doesn't well, matter. When you have everyone citing everything, then someone's going to be right. That's yeah, the way, it's, it's that's a long it's off season, Reeves. You know how you know how July works. We're going to pull crap out of, I mean, just out of thin air. No, you know this stat that doesn't mean anything. Well, let me spend thirty minutes on air talking about it. And anyways, that's what I do on my radio show. Before we jump into the quarterbacks, I want to remind you guys for those of you just tuning in. If you're watching on YouTube, click the like button, click the subscribe button, and we got a special. A special little gift for you guys for clicking that like button. If this video, the DFS Pick 6 video, gets over 300 likes, they're going to make the Sunday Night Showdown video by Head Chopper and Big T. Normally, that's premium. They're going to make that free for everybody. So click that like button. Click that subscribe button and help the people out, of course. Because I know some of you guys are probably like free members like, oh, but I, I want that edge. No, no, no. you got to share the love over at the Roto Grinders. And if we get up over 400 likes, we're going to make the Sunday Night Showdown and the Monday Night Showdown videos. They are free as well if we get over 400 likes. So click like, click subscribe, comment happy birthday plus one week, Daigle, and uh, yeah, be good times. All right, let's talk some quarterbacks. Daigle, starting with you, brother. Who you got? Uh, I actually want to tag team this with Reeves because he's the okay. one that he's the one that tweeted about it, even though I do have it in my notes. So I'll just tee this up and be and say Reeves, the bad quarterback of the week is. I mean, it's Alicia, baby. Uh, you yes. got to. It, I mean, he, he he has to come up. I mean, there's just it's it's inevitable. Five uh, two on DK. I mean, every quarterback, uh, the Dolphins allowed 15.6 fantasy points on DK to 11 different quarterbacks this season. Uh, he had 16.1 fantasy points in the rain on Monday night. He was awful in the second half of that game. Oh, baby. But uh, he's got to get that record back to 500. We're meant to end at Eli Purgatory. This this game is going to be so rigged, by the way. Like, if you want to get into conspiracy theories, there is a 0% chance Eli Manning ends his career with a losing record. Zero percent. I, I almost picked this game to talk about. I uh, this, almost like this. If we had had four games, this would have been the one. I'm yeah. pro Dolphins uh, every slate, man. Uh, I love the Dolphins. I love Watch Dolphins games. 
I dude, I watch more Dolphins games. Like when we have like the rotation all on all the screens. Like for some reason, I'm always on the Dolphins game. I've been betting a lot of Dolphins overs too. And I bet it last week, and it was really great to have ten field goals kicked in that game and then have it fall short by three points. But uh, I've been really glued to Dolphins games. They're exciting. They play fun games. They're fun fantasy games. When you Means is one hundred percent the guy that drives past a car accident and just stares. When you can watch 100%. Jason, when you can watch Jason Sanders, you just got to do it. <laughs> I mean, dude, they're putting like Sunday night. People are gonna watch like a Bills Steelers See, because they have good records. I want, I want Giants. I want Giants Dolphins, man. I want that fun zone. All right, so you like Eli because I don't know. You like pain. I understand. I suppose that's it. Here, Reeves, who are you pairing him with though? You got all the options in the world. All the guys, I and mean, you can run game stacks or days at this game. I mean, if you want to, I mean, obviously people will chase with Slayton for good reason. I mean, he's been your leading receiver the past four games. Doesn't matter who who's played. Uh, you know, if you want to just chase a touchdown because the Dolphins lost the second most touchdowns to wide receivers. Uh, Sterling Shepard, despite all his missed games, leads the team in end zone targets. I mean, you can get creative. Maybe Evan Ingram plays. You don't know, man. Double E squared. He might be back on the field. You can run it back with uh, Lord Laird, who actually, like, you know, is. But he's he's kind of an he's, all right play. He he's actually kind of a is. good play this week. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know how he got here, but he's I mean, good. I was kind of a I was kind of last week. I wasn't on board because I thought it was just you were going to get receiving only. But he added some rushing yards and a terrible matchup for running backs to get rushing yardage. Um, I think he probably flirts with a hundred total yards in this game and thirty five. <laughs> dude, dude, thirty five tar- running backs have thirty five targets the past three games against the Giants. I mean. I know. I just can't believe we're talking about Patrick Laird getting over 100 yards from scrimmage. The thing is, too, is he doesn't catch cheapies, man. He's averaging 9.2 yards per catch. He is, and remember, like he was truly a receiving back in college as well. So that's his strength. Uh, If he gets 15 carries again and a season high 80 percent of the snaps last week, like that's why he's popping in projections right now. I just didn't know workhorse under 5K. Well, I mean, it's reserved for another show on. I thought we we might get sued, man. I thought we might get charged as long as 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 long as none of us pod with him, we're just fine. We're not. Did you see the uh, Did you see the Miami Dolphins had like a full article on Patrick Laird and the. in the his relationship with the fantasy community, it's crazy. Like we're we're living in a simulation. I mean, that's, that's just, the only answer. That's a given at this point. Uh, let's, let's go to the other side though, because we do need to talk to Barkley because he's going to be over thirty five percent owned, and like this is a guy who has been v bad despite going to be over thirty percent owned. Um, Wayne Gallman last week was scratched, which was actually a big deal because then they had no one else take a single touch behind Barkley. He played 63 of 66 snaps in an overtime performance. And this, due to game script, of course, but this Dolphins team is facing the most carries per game. They've allowed the most rushing yards per game. They've allowed top five in fantasy points per game to opposing backs. So it's a dream spot for Barkley. Uh, and basically, due to salary, you're going to have to suck it up. Or if you fade him, you just got to know. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with fading, especially in tournaments. But uh, if you do fade him in cash games in particular, you got to know that you're going to be going against half the field who has him. So Yeah, and it's weird because he's been so bad. And so he's bad. about 7K over on DK, but – I mean Reeves and we're just we've moved on to running backs now. Are we just are we just eating the Saquon Shark? Um, it's tough. I've kind of tinkered with it a little bit because I don't know. I mean, I really want to play Chris Carson. Um, but uh you look at Barkley and how bad he's played, but he's faced three other teams that are in the bottom ten in, in yards from scrimmage allowed to running back so far this season. And in those games, he's had fourteen and a half DK points, twenty-eight point three, and seventeen. So he has kind of gotten there a little bit. Uh, against those games, those have been his better games since he's come back. 
Uh, the offensive line is bad. He did. He showed a little life on Monday night. He, he at least looked the part. And, you know, he's, he's playing. He's just not coming off the field. 97, 94, 95% of snaps the past three weeks. He's handled 67 to 72 backfield touches. I mean, there's a reason to swallow. I mean, I mean these, the Dolphins haven't let us down, really. I mean, even, even Blau Powell for not really, like, saying he, he had 90, over 90 total yards against the Dolphins uh, uh, for a team that couldn't run the ball at all all season either, too. So, I mean, he's kind of gotten there. I mean, uh, um, were there any other quarterbacks you guys wanted to play? I mean, are you guys? I mean, you guys all want to play Chris Carson too, right? Yeah, of course. Oh, I mean, I I am going to play Chris Carson. Like, yeah, you, I mean, their the early builds. Go ahead, Craig. I was saying the Panthers can't stop the run, and you know all the Seahawks want to do is run, especially when they get up. Why would you not like Chris Carson? And I'm just I'm just saying when he fumbles three times and he gets replaced by CJ Procise, and we're all angry about it. I just want to say we're all going to have our support group. We're here for you. And it looks like we won't give the – well, it's up in the air, but, you know, if we were going to have Josh Jacobs miss again, that was yeah. going to be the honor. I mean, yeah. 4,700 for DeAndre Washington if he gets it. it. It sounded at first, Rappaport came out and said that they're expecting – and this is, this is Wednesday night, you know, come, you know, Friday, Sunday, all these things could change. But uh, Rappaport said he was going to – it looked like he was going to play this week. It was just a one-week thing, and then Gruden kind of walked back on that a little bit later. Um, but if we get DeAndre Washington, obviously everyone's going to play. And the Jaguars have quit. Like, they've just flat yes. out quit. Yep. Like, they, they've quit at football. Uh, and, you know, so, I mean, it's one of these things. And, you, and DeAndre Washington, like, everyone that owned Josh Jacobs last year or this or so far this season um, had to be so frustrated watching that game and just seeing DeAndre Washington been, u- being used in that capacity. And Josh Jacobs, every time that they lose, just comes out of the game. I mean, if Josh Jacobs is healthy this week, I'm loading up on him too. I, I totally agree. He's on my list of guys I wanted to talk about because, as Reeve said, this team has quit. Uh, this team has now gone five consecutive games of three score plus losses. Uh, we saw the Chargers, who aren't even good, just roll them up and uh, spit them out. And now they you had have two running backs get there. <laughs> two running backs get there. And then they also lost. The Jaguars just put their fourth starting linebacker on injured reserve in the past three weeks, including Miles Jacks, Quincy Williams, the one to go to be out for the season today. So they're on their fifth string linebacker. They're just talent deficient. They have zero hope. And now, of course, they get either Josh Jacobs or Washington. I was hoping for Washington, but Josh Jacobs' injury will also push ownership completely away from him. So I like him a lot as well. Um, on Fanduel in particular, I think a good one's Dalvin Cook because he is $200 more than Barkley and absolutely no one's going to look up, um, especially giving Barkley's ownership. And just the fact that game script really – it seemed like more of a game that Cook could have played more, but he scored – um, or he came off the field, and then Alexander Madison took over the rest of the way because they had scored in between that. So it was really just they didn't need Cook beyond that point, and he was limited. But if this game is competitive, or perhaps they build another two-score lead against the Chargers, who there's a reason why the Vikings are taking sharp money right now, because uh, as we know, the Chargers just play the Jaguars. They're a farce beyond that, despite having so much talent. Um, I like Cook a lot. Yeah, I think Dalvin makes a lot of sense in this spot. Uh, moving on to wide receivers, Reeves, who do you got for us? Who are you looking at at wide receiver? And Philip Lindsay. That's all I want to say. That's it. <laughs> Uh, I also just want to point out that Chris Carson's cheaper than Raheem Mostert on FanDuel. That's I don't know how, insanity. Like, like what, how did life come to this? But uh, that is also a fact. Uh, if you do play over there, especially a site that's geared towards more to Chris Carson's strengths, um, that's pretty bonkers. Wide receiver is weird week, man, because I think we mm-hmm. touched upon uh, like the chalky guys. Uh, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, you know, Chris Godwin, the popular, like, pay-up guys. Um, but all these injury fallouts this week, I mean, we touched on the Buck situation a little bit, but we've got 
No DJ Shark now, probably for the Jaguars. So we're going to have like this, you know, D.D. Westbrook, you know, Chris Conley against it. Again, you know, Chris Conley and all his air yards against the team that just gives up buckets of 20 yard pass plays. They're 31st in the league, the Oakland Raiders. Uh, you know, they've lost seven touchdown passes on passes 15 yards or further downfield. It's the most in the league. Uh, we talked about the Giants game a little bit, you know, playing those receivers on the other side. You know, Devontae Parker, if he doesn't play, is it going to be a thing where you can, you, know, you can play Isaiah Ford or Alan Hearns? I mean, I really feel like it's going to be one of these weeks where. There's going to be some holes taken in some of these guys, the Amendolas, all these guys that we talked about, the jabronis. But, I mean, one of these jabronis is going to hit, and it's going to be like, who do you get exposure to? Who do you pick out? Which guy ends up hitting um, out of these cheapies? Uh, because we all want to play these top-dollar plays, and, like, you're going to have to take on one of these receivers. So, I mean, uh, who's your flavor of choice out of these guys? I'm, I like Chris Conley myself. Assuming DJ Shark is that I am a Chris Conley fan. You mentioned the air yards and I mean, whether they're there or not, you know, if he moves outside, you know, not only, or he's been outside, but not only if DJ Shark is out, is he going to get more opportunities? But Gardner Minshew loves to throw at DJ Shark. He's going to have to find a new binky to latch onto. And I feel like it might be Chris Conley on the outside because Minshew likes throwing the outside. Dig, are you on Conley or are you on somewhere else? Where are you going? It was always in my mind Conley or Keelan Cole because we've seen the D.D. Westbrook experiment with uh, Minshew and it just is a shallower A dot. So uh, in the great words of the great Adam Levitan, you just might as well wear three condoms if you're going to play D.D. Westbrook. We're not worried about that. We're going to play Chris Conley or Keelan Cole in my mind. Keelan Cole. I haven't heard that name in a couple of years. That's good times right there. I haven't had a good Keelan Cole story. Uh, It's 3K, so it might be a good Keelan Cole story week. I got no problem with that. I don't know how that story's going to end, but it might be a good week to tell the (laughs) story. It'll end with three targets with about 100 air yards, and you just hope that one of them gets put in the uh, bread basket. Guys, we got to get off here. Dale, any last thoughts on the slate for you? Uh, My receivers on my list were Julio Jones, if you want to hate yourself, and Terry McLaurin, because the Eagles are trash. Just stop with Julio, man. It's it's week 15. You talk about teams that are done. They're done. Rebar, any last thoughts on the slate for you? Uh, no, man. Uh, hopefully one of these guys pop like Emmanuel Sanders did last week. <laughs> oh man. Robbie Anderson too. Yeah. Oh God. I, I whiffed on Robbie. I've been screwed there so many times. I'm just, I'm over Robbie. And now that I've been fading him, he's been crushing it. Manny Sanders was, I mean, good for him, but I loaded up on George Kittle in that game. And had he not turned into the Hulk at the end of the game, I really would have been, uh, well, maybe really we'll, maybe we'll have another Derek Carr in our life for you then. Yes. That's what we need more Derek Carr as we always do. We got to get off here though. We got the PFF show coming up next. Thanks for joining me. Thanks to Daigle. Thanks for Reeves. I'm Eric. We'll get you later. Peace.